hear the word desperate, what comes to your mind? Are you desperate for Jesus? Not a checklist answer. Like, I don't just want an automatic Christian yes. Like, a real answer. If the answer you thought of when I said, when you hear the word desperate, what comes to your mind? If that answer wasn't Jesus, there's no shame in that. But let's talk about that today. We're going to quickly dig into three different ways we see people desperate in the Bible for the Lord. There are so many examples, but this is just three that the Lord has showed me this week. And this sentence is going to sound crazy, but hear me out. Abundant women are desperate. Let's go. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Women Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. As we dig into this topic, I want you to know that this isn't really something that comes easy, maybe, or naturally. Like, yes, God-given naturally, right? There's a piece of our life that's missing that we want to fill with Him. But it's a decision that we have to make every day, every hour, every minute to choose less of ourselves and more of Him. Desperate. Longing. If you've been around the Abundant Women Collective for any amount of time, we believe in ditching the checklist and the religious to-do items in turn for a real authentic relationship with him. And friend, if you're struggling with this, I'm here to help. Seriously, I love coaching and mentoring women to deepen their relationship with Jesus. Simply send me an email or message me on Instagram and Facebook and we'll chat to get started. It's that easy. You don't have to do this alone. Being desperate for more of God should be the cry of every Bible-believing Christian's heart. In Webster's Dictionary, our favorite dictionary, it says desperate means suffering extreme need. Extreme need. Which is funny because without Jesus, we're lost, without hope, living a dry, abandoned life, right? And so we're probably desperate then too for Jesus. And we know that because we've lived that life before Jesus before, right? Like, Since we know what it's like to live without him, there should be a need inside of us that's so great to do what it takes to stay in relationship with him and share it with our friends and family. Our life depends on him. Lately on the podcast here, we've been in a sort of series about identity. And then last week we talked about being healed and hold. And now we're talking about being desperate. God is doing something in these podcast episodes. And it's so exciting to see what happens and what message he wants to be heard and how you guys respond to that. So thank you. Okay, let's dig in. What are three ways that the Lord showed me to be desperate for him? The first is let's be desperate for his presence. During our Advent series in Christmas time, a few months ago, we talked about Mary and Martha. 
They are a favorite story of mine that I've read many times and that I frequently need (laughs) reminding of. Um, But let's talk about them. Let's first read. In Luke, starting with chapter 38, it says that Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha, excuse me, sorry, Martha, opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Chances are, girlfriend, you've heard this story too. And I don't know about you, but there was a time in my life where I was a Mary and there's been plenty of times in my life where I have been Martha's. Like, in fact, that's my like natural inclination is to do, busy, make my house perfect, do all the things, right? But I don't think in this, for what we're talking about here, Martha wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong. She had a house full of disciples coming to her to eat and feast and rest. And so girlfriend knew that she had things to do. There were things to get ready. She was serving. She was being a good steward of her home and excited to have Jesus and the disciples there. Food had to get cooked (laughs) and Martha would have been the one to do it. That's all good in its time and place. But what mattered more was her heart posture. She was anxious about doing it all right, making everything perfect, getting things ready. And so flipping that on us, maybe that looks like having our Christian checklist, joining all the Bible studies, making sure our life looks so good on social media, doing all the Christian things, leaving church early on Sunday morning to serve, which is so good, but you forgot to spend time in his presence. Doing things for Jesus instead of being with Jesus. Friends, I see this so many times. We are quote unquote good people. We go to church. We sing the songs. We pray for our food. And then before bed, we're generous. We're kind. We have a quiet time that consists of reading selected scripture. But sometimes we're missing relationship. We're missing presence. Mary was doing the favorable thing because... She was doing nothing except for sitting with Jesus. She was desperate for Jesus's presence. There was a task list of things to be done, (laughs) but she knew that the most important thing was to be with Jesus. In Psalm 1611, it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Mary knew that. She was doing that. She was there for it. And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more, the more our lives mirror him and they mirror him to a lost and desperate world who need him. I promise you take this to the bank, friend. You can never waste time with Jesus. Time with Jesus is never wasted both ways. There's no such thing. Even just sitting in his presence, doing nothing except being with him is a hundred percent worth it. I promise you, you will never truly go into the presence of Jesus and not leave change. It's just not possible. When was the last time we did that? You just went to be with Jesus. No checklist, no prayer list, no items to be done. You just sat, you were quiet, you prayed, you cried, 
you listen. You are just with Jesus. There's so many worship songs that are talking about being with him. But, of course, I can't think of the name of it now. But I love the one where you can just lean back and feel his chest breathe. And I always imagine that. Like, I'm picture, right? I need to see things. So, just being with Jesus. Sitting. Imagining his comfort around me. His love on me. Like, just being with Jesus. We cannot forsake our time with Jesus. We have to be desperate for it. We have to forget anything else on the task list before we spend time with him. We are never too busy for God. And if we are, if that is actually a thing, then we need to do a heart check and priorities check because we should not ever be too busy for time with him. And when I say we have to be desperate for Jesus's presence, that's because if we're not desperate for him, the presence, if we're not longing for it, it is so incredibly stinking easy to fill everything else in that time instead to just go about your normal day and forget, honestly, just go the whole day until the end of bed. You're like, Oh, I didn't see Jesus at all today. That's my bad God. But that desperation, that longing puts him at the top of your list. You can't help but go anywhere without Jesus. You can't help but spend time with him. You can't help but to talk to him throughout your day, to worship in the car rides, to do the things that bring you closer to him. Desperate for Jesus' presence. Number two, desperate for healing. Back in the day, and probably still today, leprosy was awful super infectious. It was a skin disease that we see in the Bible. And it would oftentimes last for years and cause the skin to fall off and degenerate. We won't get into the grossness of it, but definitely do a Bible search of how nasty it was. Um, Those people were essentially called the walking dead. So use your imagination. People with leprosy smelled horribly. They would have to announce unclean, unclean. Like they would have to shout that anytime they went near people. They were cast out. They had to leave their families and friends and everyone they knew. They faced rejection and were beggars, basically, who lived on the side of the road. Their rabbis could not even touch them. They had to leave society. In Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 40, we see that Jesus heals a man with leprosy. Listen to this, friends. Verse 40, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with strong warning. (laughs) Don't tell anyone, he goes in to say. The leprosy didn't listen. Or I'm sorry, the man with leprosy didn't listen. But we'll get to that. But let's point out some things about this man. He was desperate. How do we know that? Because he came to Jesus. That was a big no-no. You couldn't go to people. You were meant to be outcasted from society. The leper broke Levitical law to be with Jesus. He defied social, cultural, religious norms to beg Jesus. I flip this sometimes and I'm like, what if Jesus didn't heal him? What if Jesus wasn't who he said he was? Then he would have been in so much trouble. What if he just heard this rumor about Jesus healing people and Jesus didn't want to heal him or he walked right past him? Praise Jesus. That's not what happened. But this dude would have been in so much trouble because he broke all of these rules, right? Old Testament, lots of rules. This man was willing to take the risk. He was willing to risk it for his healing. He was so desperate to be made whole 
and healed that he was willing to risk all of it. Also, I, I want to point out Jesus in this because the leper, it says, came face to face with Jesus. That was a no-no on the, on the leper's part, right? But also any other person would have like freaked out. They would have freaked out. They would have said something. They would have covered their mouth. They would have protected themselves. Leprosy was super contagious. But do we see that in the story? Nope. Jesus didn't move. He didn't pull back. He didn't protect himself. He didn't condemn. He didn't say, you are so gross. Get away from me. Instead, he had compassion. He touched him. That was a no-no. He did something. (laughs) He, again, defied laws to get this man his healing. He touched him. The touch, honestly, was probably the first time the man had been touched since he got the disease because they weren't allowed to touch even their loved ones. And the man was instantly healed. His desperation for Jesus and his desperation for healing was a huge risk that had a huge reward. Sometimes, friend, I think we think we have leprosy. (laughs) We have this thing, this sin, that's too big. It's too gross. It's too dirty, right? There's this thing from our past that we pull away from God because we don't feel like we're worthy to be in the same presence of God. We don't feel like we're allowed to have a loving, graceful God who can heal us. We're shamed. This leads us to view God in a big throne with a judge like a robe, and he's declaring your innocence and guilty. And he's so holy, he wouldn't want to hang out with dirty old you, right? Does that make sense? But that's actually not the truth. Yes, God is the judge. And yes, he is fair. And yes, he is holy. And yes, we are sinners. But that's the whole point of him sending Jesus to die for us. Jesus' blood covers us. And when we repent of our sins, we're clean. We're white as snow. Instead of being shamed and hiding from God, we should be running towards him. Jesus made the leper clean, and he will also make you clean. Whatever your leprosy is, quote unquote, whatever that big thing is that, you know, as I'm saying this, you're like, it's that in your life, right? Hear me when I say this, just like Jesus made the leper clean, he will make you clean. Throughout his ministry, Jesus healed the dirty, the broken, because that's who he is. And if Jesus is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, then that's still who he is. He still offers healing, forgiveness, cleanliness, community. When Jesus died on the cross, he died and he took all of our leprosy and dirtiness with him. He destroyed the power of death and leprosy and shame and sickness. Amen, friend. So sister friend, when he rose from the dead, he offered new life. He killed all of the sickness and everything with us. And he, instead he offers us righteousness. He's a compassionate God. He desires closeness with you. Run to Jesus and he will make you whole. He will remove your guilt and shame. And the Bible even says he'll throw it as far as the east is from the west. The leper was so desperate for Jesus that he got his healing for as a reward. The leper didn't make Jesus sick because Jesus' power was greater than the man's disease. Jesus' power is greater than your sin or whatever the thing is for you. We need to be so desperate for healing that we're willing to run to Jesus in our leprosy state. We're willing to run to Jesus to get clean and healed. Luke 
440 says, Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Did he just heal a few? Like only the cool ones? Only the not dirty sins? He healed them. Believe in that healing today. Yeah? I do want to mention too, the leper actually, <laughs> in this story, he disobeyed Jesus because he wasn't supposed to tell everyone, and he did. And, but I want to know, like flipping that back to us, do we do that? Do we tell everyone about our healing? Do we share it publicly and proclaim his goodness and faithfulness and that he healed us? Do we share the way that God's moved in our lives? Or do we complain about our circumstance? And even when we're taken from that circumstance, we don't give him glory for it. I don't know. That's a freebie because I can't help but think in that how our story of faith and healing and hope will increase other people's faith faith, just by hearing, right? Testimonies are so important. Okay, number three, desperate for hope. Maybe you've seen social media lately or the news lately or whatever you watch. Hopefully you don't watch a lot of it. Maybe you've seen that the world is broken and bonkers and upside down and it's totally crazy, but it's missing so much hope. That every single day people are dying because they've lost hope. People are searching and can't find it. Hope is essential to human life. And biblical hope is the confidence and expectation that God will fulfill his promises to you because it's based on the character and faithfulness of God. It's who he is. But we're not looking at the right thing sometimes. We're filling, we're searching for hope and filling it with other things. We're searching for Jesus's presence and filling it with other junk. We're searching for healing and we're filling it with numbing things, right? As abundant women, we get to be hope bearers. Just like we're image bearers, if Jesus is hope, then we get to be hope bearers too. I love this story that we're going to get into. And at this point in time in the Bible, Jesus was teaching to the crowds in Capernaum. He was used to teaching to large crowds at this point in his ministry. And the hope, the whispers of hope, right? spread to local towns and people. They had heard this rumor that he can heal and they wanted to see for himself, themselves, if he could. A person who needs hope, who is desperate, runs to the source who can provide the hope and healing, right? If you're desperate for something, you don't stop until you get that something. If I'm desperate for God's presence, I'm not stopping until I'm in it. If I'm desperate for healing, I'm not stopping getting my healing until I have it, right? Here we find a woman who deals with illness. In Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 24, it says, A large crowd followed and pressed around him, him being Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, If I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from suffering. That's Mark chapter 5, verses 24 to 29, roughly. I don't know about you as a woman, but there's one time of the month that I particularly hate. (laughs) Like a lot. And it's that time. Homegirl was bleeding for 12. I can't even get through a week in a month. And homegirl was bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. She had used all her money, all her resources, saw all the doctors, got all the answers, and none of them were actual answers. She never got her healing. According to the Mosaic Law, 
Anyone with this condition was considered unclean. We talked about unclean just a minute ago, right? Anyone who touched her or anything she touched would also be considered unclean. And being unclean wasn't sinful, though they thought, remember? They thought, just like lepers, that when someone had an illness like that, that they were being punished by God. So this was probably a rumor for this girl as well. Being unclean meant separation from the community during that time. If she was married and her husband touched her during the bleeding, he'd be unclean for seven days. Like, guys, this was a big deal, okay? So she would have been an outcast. She would have been lonely. She would have been desperate. She heard about this Jesus guy, and she saw a glimmer of hope. She was willing to be there. She had to be there. And in all of this, if she could just touch his cloak. She didn't need a face-to-face encounter. She thought if this rumor is true and this God can heal, if he says who he is, if he says he is who he is and he's our healer, then if I could just get a piece of his holy robe, that would be good enough for healing. And in the scripture, it says she was healed, but Jesus doesn't, I love this. Sorry guys. I love this so much. Jesus doesn't leave it at that. Let's read on chapter, I mean, verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around in in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And then the the disciples were like, you see people crowding against you. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. You guys, I love this part. Not only did girlfriend get healing, right? But when you look at what happened, you see that Jesus stopped the entire procession, his entire thing that he was doing to interact with this one woman. This one woman. You are that one woman. He will stop everything he's doing to interact with you, to heal you. I love this part. She didn't get healing and sneak off. She like, because you can totally picture it, right? Like her touching the robe, getting her healing and then bouncing. Like, let me get out of this crowd before he notices me or let me get out of this crowd because I'm so excited because I'm healed. Instead, she got more. She got an interaction with Jesus. He wouldn't let her go without publicly acknowledging her healing was because of her faith. Her hope sparked her faith and she was healed. And I also love in that scripture, he calls her daughter, not woman with a bleeding issue for 12 years. I'm not calling you by, Ooh, that's good friend. He's not calling you by your disease. He's not, he didn't say woman with a bleeding issue. You're healed. He's not saying woman who was an adulteress. You're healed woman with your biggest shameful thing or your sickness or your illness or diagnosis in it. Diagnosis. Goodness. He's not calling you by that name. He's calling you by daughter. He's calling you by friend. He's calling you daughter. You are healed. Not the name that the enemy has given you, but the name that Jesus Christ himself died to give you daughter. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Then the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed came trembling and fell at his feet. I love this. When she revealed herself and told what she had did and why Jesus calls her daughter. We just said that. But what this signifies is a relationship with him. She was freed from her suffering, not just physically, because her her faith had grown at this point. She had an encounter with the one true God. She was also healed socially. 
mentally. She was healed and whole, like we talked about last week. We have to be so desperate for hope, and Jesus is that hope. That glimmer, that rumor of hope is what brought her to his feet. Jesus is that hope. Trouble, friends, is a part of this life. We know the scripture where it says, hey, there's going to be lots of trouble in this world, but I, Jesus Christ, have overcome it. Have no fear, right? Christians who are loved by God will offer often still have trouble. Jesus is our comforter when that happens. Our God created us with a spiritual thirst for a relationship with him. We're thirsty for him. Not the world's definition of thirsty. You know what I mean. Another human, another substance, another thing cannot satisfy that thirst. Only God can satisfy the thirsty heart. And Jesus Christ satisfies our thirst for hope and comfort when we need it. Friends, are we desperate for him? Are we desperate for his healing? Are we desperate for his presence, for his hope? Not only for ourselves, but for others. And when I say others, don't get it twisted. I don't mean that you all are going to be honest. That could be true for some of you, but you're all going to be on a platform and a podcast and doing big things and going on world tours. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the person next to you, your coworker, your spouse, your child, your best friend, your roommate, your neighbor. Don't mistake this call to action for just the public figures and the pastors and the famous people. He calls us all to share the good news with people. And those people are who you have influence around. It's who he has called you into relationship with. If we are so desperate for these things, we would also share them with loved ones so they can receive healing, presence, and hope in Jesus' name. Y'all knew you were influencers, right? I don't care if you don't even own a social media account because that's not what I'm talking about. You are an influencer. You are an ambassador for Christ. Just like when you bought that mascara off of Amazon for $3 that you're obsessed with, and so you told everyone and their mom that they should also get that mascara. Just like that one time Jesus healed you, right? And you proclaimed to everyone and their mom because he did a good work in you. Same thing. You're an influencer for Christ. Let's just flip that word out. Ambassador, influencer. That mascara only lasts for a day, girl. I'm just kidding. Okay. As we finish this episode, know that like I'm praying for you. I pray so much throughout these episodes and preparing for them. And he works on me as I get to share it with you. But I am so encouraged by the messages I received on social media about what God's doing in your life, how you're taking these episodes and then creating action and doing good work. And I want you to know that I'm always here for you. Message me, get me, email me, and let's talk if you need help with this. Let's do this good work together, friends. Let's take inventory of spending time with Jesus every single day. Let's be women who are desperate. (laughs) That sounds so funny. Let's be women who are desperate for God's presence, for his healing, and for the hope that only he can provide. I pray this blesses you. As we wrap up this episode, I do want to remind you that Friday we have our guest episode. I'm so excited that this episode will premiere This week, I'm talking with Brittany Pope about finding redemption in Christ through biblical healing. This episode is going to need headphones because we talk about um, subject matter that may not be appropriate for children. However, it is, her story is so good and, and so something only God can do. And so I pray that you'll listen to Brittany and I chatting, chatting more about her story and how she received redemption through healing. Until next time, friends. 
friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.